I remember running home from school, turning on the TV to the Cubs game, sitting with my dad to watch his heroes. Welcome to another edition of the World Series Dreaming Chicago Cubs Dreamcast. Not affiliated with the actual Chicago Cubs, but just a bunch of guys who love the local nine and enjoy talking baseball and, of course, defending World Series champion Cubs. I'm Ken. Uh, you can find me like as Rice Cube on the Twitters. With me is our fearless leader of World Series Dreaming, Ben, a.k.a. Anokatuli. Hey. How's it going, guys? I'm sure they're doing fine. Like We have a lot of listenership, it seems, for such a small enterprise, but uh, nobody emails us. None. That's really Why are you guys so lazy? Stop Surely it. you guys have questions or comments or something. You want to rag on the Cubs? You want to rag on us? You want to tell me, tell us that we suck. Be our guest. Give yeah. us something to work with. Well, I think plenty of people tell us we suck on like Twitter and and Facebook, but actually having mm-hmm. to like the one guy today that said we post too much, even though we only post like once an hour, giving I, scoring updates. You know. Uh, in retrospect, I think that was uh, one of those stick to sports kind of uh, comments, you know, because we had but posted. But it was sticking to sports. It was Miguel Montero in the game tying home run. It was, but the the point is, uh, Miguel Montero just became a United States citizen, and we put that in there. So I feel like that's what they were uh, responding to, and that's kind of uh, I think a you shame. Can kiss my ass. <laughs> Yeah, but it's really cool that uh, Miguel Montero became a citizen, and uh, uh, I'm sure he'll enjoy citizenship as long as the the country doesn't blow itself up. Yeah, that's another topic for another show and another podcast. Yep. I don't think people would like tuning in to hear political talk on a Cubs World Series championship dreamcast. Absolutely not. So that's why we're sticking to sports. I think we have a plan this week. We're going to talk about the Cubs' uh, record since last time. Uh, <laughs> so yeah. last time they played set, they played seven games since we last talked, maybe eight. I think it was but seven. They, they went to Boston. Boston. Had a chance to win all three, but came up short. Only yeah. won one out of the three. Yeah, I think that's like the story of this Cubs season is that they're always in games, but they're not going to win all of them, and that's just baseball. And when they don't, fans are always going to complain. Yeah, speaking of... Why are you doing it this way? Why are you doing it that way? (laughs) Speaking of complaining, uh, lots of Cubs right now are sort of struggling, including starting pitching, so we can talk about that, Uh, you know bullpen and pitching reinforcements, and, of course, later on, the return of Castro, Starling Castro, former Cubs perennial all-star. Uh, I miss Castro. Yeah. How's that for a plan? That's a good plan. And as we know by Mr. Epstein, the plan works. I love this plan. I'm excited to be a part of it. Let's do it. All right, so let's talk about the Cubs since last time. I gotta very quickly figure out when, when we did this, and then we can, uh, we can decide where to start. But I'm pretty sure they, they ended uh, the previous homestand in, 
or the road trip, right? They were on a road trip, and they were in Pittsburgh, and they almost had a chance to win all three there as well, but then they kind of had a had a little stumble at the end. Yeah, they failed to sweep, came up just a bit short. Just a bit short. Then they headed out to Boston, and then they came home to face. I mean, the, no, the Pirates were after. No, the, Pi- the Pirates were before Boston because Boston was the end of the road trip, and then they came back to face the Phillies in that ridiculous game. Uh, oh, but, yeah, that was, that was just uh, – why'd they even play that game? I think you, pouring from beginning to end. Was it you or someone else who said that uh, because the Cubs were having something like 44 games in ooh, 46 ooh, ooh, days? That was me. That was me. Yeah, that was you. So, so maybe that's why they forced it in because if they had <laughs> yeah, to cram a double header in there, that that would be crazy, right? Yeah. They play. I think they have seven, eight games. Or I forget exactly how many they have. Then they have a day off. They play three games, another day off, then they play 29 straight games. That's ridiculous, a... man. <laughs> oh, and here's the fun part. After they get a day off after that, they play another 17 straight. Yeah, the schedule so... makers did not do the Cubs any favors. Well, yeah. Uh, it, it's nice to have all those off days in, uh, in April so that they could reset the the rotation here and there and give guys off days. They're just kind of organic off days, but, uh, yeah. And now they're paying for it. And at some point, like, I, I can totally see why they decided to option Lestella and, and bring up the extra reliever, right? Because mm-hmm. they need the arms. Well, Joe has hinted at possibly a sixth starter during this stretch. And, they could use the extra help. Yeah, I don't think they're going to do it quite yet, but it sounds like uh, at some point. Sometime in the middle of this, right. this stretch. Right, so they play the Yankees, and then they're gone for a week in St. Louis. Their next off day is on the 11th, which is next Thursday, so that that should kind of help. And then they have another off day after the St. Louis trip before they play Cincinnati. And then the month-long season begins. Yeah, it's... 29 straight games. My God. Is that right? Let's count. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16. I'll edit this out. <laughs> 17, 18, 19, 20. Holy crap, 21. No, that's got to be against the CBA. That can't be right. They're, they're supposed to have at least one off day every every 20 games. Like... I know, right? So, something is wrong here. Something is wrong. We <laughs> maybe, need to check the rules on that. Maybe they, they decided to, you know, well, maybe one of these games at least will be rained out and we'll just deal with it later, but that just seems harsh. So you were absolutely right. I think that's why they decided to just get this Phillies game over with on Monday. Uh, I went to the one on Tuesday. That was a lot of fun. Because they, they actually won for pretty comfortably, and we all had a good time. The last two games were uh, were kind of nail-biters, in a way. Now, especially today's 13-inning affair. Yeah, that certainly doesn't help with the arm arm situation, especially with the Yankees coming in, because the uh, Yankees have a lot of really good guys on their club right now. Their rebuild is 
quotes rebuild is going a little faster than we anticipated and probably even they anticipated. Okay, so I'm looking at some of the rules right here for days off. A team Starting with the second scheduled game, no team is to have more than two off days in any seven-day period, except the All-Star break. Right. So that's off days. What about consecutive games in a row? Because I, uh, I, let's see. Yeah, I recall there's a stipulation, but they did change the CBA uh, that you were supposed to have at least one off day every 20 games. You're not supposed to play more than 20 consecutive games. I feel like that's that's a rule, and if that's the case, like we can mm-hmm. see. Yeah, I'm looking right here. No team can play more than 20 consecutive days without an off day. Yeah, but you you just saw the schedule. There's like 29 straight games. You yeah. were absolutely right about that. That's hey, <laughs> Mr. Mansfield, you might want to look into this. Manfred, you're right. Uh, but... uh, I'll call him Mansfield. I oh, Mansfield. I have no respect for him yet. Oh, okay. Well, you know, he keeps trying to change the rules. I, I kind of understand where that that's coming from, but, uh, yeah, that's it's goofy. If we're talking about uh, Manfred, though, like, you you know the brouhaha with, uh, with the Baltimore Orioles and the Red Sox? They're still playing oh, their series. Oh, that's just a mess. Yeah. That's just a mess. Because they kept throwing at Manny Machado, and Manny, like, you know, being Manny, is just blasting the Red Sox because, like, okay, you know what, uh, I slid wrong, and I apologize for Pedroia, and Pedroia is cool with me, and even Dustin Pedroia, like, the last time they threw behind Manny, Manny said, like, that Matt Barnes, I believe, was the one who, who was suspended, uh, Pedroia was like, hey, dude, that, that was totally not me. That was their call. And that that was uh, really ridiculous. And then I think Chris Sale threw behind him, and that's when a lot of people got got into a scuffle, right? Yeah, that was after. Yeah, that's... so that was like two days later or, or one day later, and they're just like, well, didn't you already throw it at him? Like, what are you doing? I don't understand these unwritten rules, mostly because they're not written down. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so that whole Boston and Baltimore series has been it's been ugly from beginning to end. Yeah. With the fan and, and the stands and then the beanball wars, the dirty slides. Oh, man, it's just disgusting. Yeah, I don't remember the last time a Cubs pitcher not named John Lackey threw at somebody in retaliation. I think this team is set up so that, you know, they they retaliate on the scoreboard if they can. But, yeah. But, you know, like, no matter what the score is and how mad you are, you're putting a guy on base and you're risking suspension to prove what, you know? It doesn't make yeah. sense. Like Chris Bryant said in terms of bat flip, I'd rather show up the pitcher by hitting a bomb off the scoreboard and flipping my bat. Yeah. Oh, didn't exactly use those words like that, but that's the... No, that's a good paraphrase. That's the paraphrase. Right. It's more embarrassing to show him up that way. Uh, I don't think he's going to yell at, like, Javi or 
say, Kyle Schwarber for flipping their bats because they do have, like, many bat flips. Javi has a little bat drop now because he doesn't flip his bat anymore. But, uh, yeah, like, yet on Tuesday night when Javi hit that, that really long bomb to put the Cubs ahead, he, he just dropped his bat, and that was really fun. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's fun when it's a walk off and you just know it's gone. Yeah. Were you able to go to any of the Philly series or you sold all those tickets? Um I sold those tickets for the most part, yeah. Yeah. Got to go on Teachers Appreciation Night, they gave me a nifty little cup. Lovely. Yeah. Uh I think uh the last time I you gave me a teacher appreciation clock and I still have it in my classroom. Fantastic. Yeah, so... Cubs know how to take care of teachers. They do. I, I think they need to give us better seats, but, you know, $25 tickets uh, in that section, I guess you can't really beat it. <laughs> 25 bucks anywhere in that stadium is well, pretty good. Yeah, I mean, I don't think you can get $25 tickets at the box office anymore for any yeah, game this there's season. There's some. Yeah, but they're all in, the, like, the 500s in the really back-back row. <laughs> yeah. So you're there were a couple games them. earlier this year where my tickets were 25 apiece. Well, you get a, them, like, Costco discounted because you're a season <laughs> ticket holder. So <laughs> I think we saved, like, 2%. Oh, is that all? <laughs> well, yeah, 2% is, like that. 2% is better than no percent. Very true. Indeed. Uh, let's see. So, yeah, like uh, the Cubs walked off today. Today is when – is it Wednesday? No, it's Thursday. So this is the fourth game of the Phillies series at Wrigley, and they won it 3-1. to one. I mean, yeah, they kept giving up those first inning runs, and that was extremely annoying. Uh, Brett Anderson on Monday during the Monsoon game got destroyed before he had ooh, to come ooh. out in the second Trivia game. question for you. Trivia question. Whoa. Who – which pitchers were the last pitchers to throw a first inning without giving up a run? Last two times they did it. Who did it? Uh, I'd probably say John Lackey. He did it he today, too. Yeah. He did it today, and he did it Saturday in Boston. Yeah, he did give up three runs eventually, but then, you know. <laughs> but with the first inning runs... That's just ugly. It's got to change. And Lackey's actually the only pitcher that's not giving up a run in the first recently. Yeah. Well, he, he used to ha have that, that stretch where he gave up, like, a bunch of runs and then he settled down. But by that time, it was a little too late to get him the W. But today, it, it was, like, uh, it was like a little bit backwards, right? Because he didn't give up runs in the first couple of innings and then... The Phillies kept chipping away and chipping away, and the Cubs had to come back. Come back, and then come back again. Yeah. And then new American citizen, Miguel Montero, got, like, both game-tying runs before they went to extra. So, yay, USA, right? Go, go, USA. Yeah. And it was kind of interesting, too, because today was a bench game until the very end when it became all hands on deck. So the... The normal guys did barely had to play like four or five innings, right? But mm -hmm. uh, for for the time being, it was like the bench guys just held down the fort, and it was really cool to realize that this team is so deep that you you can trust the bench guys to hold down the fort. 
Yeah, the bench guys. Technically, Jay and Almora are both bench guys because they're platoons. Yeah. Um, and then you had Caesar. Yeah. He's a bench guy. And all three of the guys came up big in various part, various points in the game. Right. And the bullpen's been good. Like, uh, obviously, they got a little bit of help. And unfortunately, Carl Edwards Jr. gave up his first run of the season. That was incredibly annoying. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. He, he, like, he, what? His first pitch? Yeah. It was just like. I, I didn't see the game. Did it land in the basket, or was it just uh, a no-doubter? Doubter? Oh, it was a no-doubter. Oh, darn it. Okay. Well, you know, sometimes that happens, and that's just the way it is with pitching, right? But he did get out of the inning, and then the rest of the bullpen. Uh, Mike Montgomery ate, like, what, three or four innings? Koji Uehara ate, ate an inning and got, got the win. So... That was really nice to see, and it, I guess it kind of helps that the Phillies aren't that good, but they're not that bad either. Like, they're the ones who, behind the Milwaukee Brewers, they score the most first-inning runs, so it kind of makes sense that, you know, the, the Cubs had been giving up first-inning runs because they were facing one of those teams. Mm-hmm. All right. Speaking of struggling, right, like – they're struggling to keep other teams off the board, but there are a few bats that are struggling, including Kyle Schwarber, who we think should continue to lead off, but probably deserves an off day or two to figure it out. Yeah, he had an off day today, but I think Meta needed to work in some more off time for him. Yeah. The question is, when and where do you do it? Right. And that probably goes in with the whole idea of where should Ben Zobis play? Because people are getting tired of seeing him in right field. Positions are limited at this point. But you could rotate him between second and left field. Where he played pretty much the entire postseason. When there's a lefty on the mound, throw him in left field. Give Schwarber the days off when there's a lefty on the mound. Baez at second, he mashes left-handed pitching. It works. By his struggles against right-handed pitching, you can put Zobrist at second against righties, but Schwarber back and left. But yes, keep Schwarber leading off because he'll figure it out at some point. And those power numbers, the hits will come. And added into his great on-base percentage when he's leading off a game, you've got one hell of a leadoff hitter right there. Yeah. But yes, he needs some more days off. More days off. I, I feel like he just needs to readjust because the league probably adjusted to him early on. Uh, he started off super hot, and he's still seeing a lot of pitches per plate appearance, so that's valuable, I think. Yeah. That, uh, other guys that need a day off? Probably Rizzo and Bryant. Two guys that I think have played in every single game so far. Both guys that will fight with their last breath stay in the game and play every day, but even they need a day off here or there. Uh, I think uh, Schwarber stood at first base once or twice. Maybe they could just put him at first and give Rizzo a day off. Uh, I'm not sure I'd want to see that for an entire game. No, I I don't think it it would be for an entire game, but... uh, I'm not sure I want to see him there for an inning. 
I don't think he's that bad with glove. He he's competent in left field. He's just a little slow. Like uh, you know, people say, well, there. I think we've been spoiled by really good outfield defense from Elmora and, uh, Hayward. and Hayward, right? But uh, Speaking of Hayward, yeah. did you see the game yesterday? Uh, I did not. I, I think I, I came home late because I, I had to – no, wait, yesterday mm-hmm. – no, I didn't see that game. What, what there happened? was a ball – it was hit out to Hayward that he had no business even getting a glove on. Yeah. That they said there was a 38% chance of catching. Uh-huh. Who the hell would have gotten that ball? He actually he, caught he it. Dove. No. Oh. It bounced off his glove. And that's oh, he, he almost got scored. it. Yeah. There was a double, I think. Or a run scored. Yeah. He almost he almost got it, but it's a miracle he got his hand on the glo- on the ball. Yeah, he, he's a step or but two faster than Zobrist. But there's apparently a 38% sh- chance of it being caught. Yeah. Well, I call bullshit on that defensive metric stat. <laughs> yeah, that that ball had no business being caught in that context, I think. I, I, I guess they in StatCast, they do it based on the outfielder starting position, launch angle, like airtime and all that. So they're using like basically simple physics to determine how how possible it is for for a hit like that to get cut based on the uh, fielder starting position. But mm-hmm. uh, you, you know, people were complaining about Zobris because the reason why those first couple of runs scored off Jake Arrieta was probably because Zobris was in right instead of Hayward, who was playing center. So the couple of runs that scored, I think one was a ball that should have been caught on a line. The first base runner probably, uh, if he had gotten to that ball uh, or taken a better route. Like there were a couple of times where, you know, the ball is scalded, but Jason Hayward takes really good routes because he has good instincts. I think Ben Zobris' time as a super utility guy is pretty much over, and there's like a lot of talk about how, you know, uh, he's aging. He's like 35 going on 36 now, and unfortunately, yeah. you can't beat time. Yeah, unfortunately. I mean, he probably should only be playing second base, maybe left field occasionally, where you put your lesser defensive outfielders, but... I don't think he's well suited for right field anymore. Like somebody said the other day, why take a gold glove right fielder out of his natural position to put him in center? It's not like you're going to take Rizzo off first base and put him at second, which he actually has done a few times this year, thanks well, to the wild switches. But Yeah, uh, that's a technicality. He, just, he has to put on a different glove because somebody complained. I forgot which manager complained about it. but <laughs> Wasn't it like the what, Cardinals or the Brewers? Or maybe it was an umpire just like, you know, being a yeah, maybe because they were being a stickler about it and saying, you know, there's only so far up you can play with, you know, uh, Javier Baez, who's a good tagger at first base, and Rizzo is good good at charging bunts, so he's playing up, and so someone has to be stationed at first to hold the runner. And I, I don't know. It, it just seems like such a hassle to make him change gloves every time, but then again, you know, you got to, have specialty defenses, right? 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, because like John Lester has his uh, his catcher and Wilson Contreras and his tagger and Javi, so that, that's kind of fun. I, I feel like uh, Ben Zobris Carly could do what you said, play second and left, because it, it seems like his arm isn't that good anyway. But uh, that's just from my lying eyes. Yeah. I want to see Elmore in center field as much as possible. I want to see Jay in center as much as possible. Hayward, I want to stick it right. But... But yeah, I want to see Jay play a lot more because he is a professional hitter with a damn good glove. Every time he gets up to bat, he puts on a great display of taking pitches, working the count, driving ball the ball the other way. I did not think he'd be this good when we signed him. Yeah, like I said before, like we're pretty much spoiled by uh, Almora and Hayward because those are gold glove caliber defenders out there. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the infield, like, they've been throwing the ball around a little bit, unfortunately, but their gloves are good. They they have good range. They, you know, when they're on, that infield is airtight. So the defense is fine. It's just a matter of getting the bats on track. And like we were talking about with Schwarber, right, he's, he's in a bit of a slump. He's trying to get through some struggles. He's basically only in his sophomore year. So uh, these guys are in like their second or third year, basically. So they, it it's a good time for them right after winning the World Series to just get through their yeah. struggles, play through it, and learn from it. And so I'm all about letting Schwarber continue to lead off because even if he strikes out or he grounds out, he's seeing still like four, five, six, seven pitches and at that. So I, I think there's some benefit to that. Oh, I agree. I like him in the first inning, hitting right in front of Bryant and Rizzo. When that bat comes along, that's going to be a deadly one, two, three. And that bat will come along. He's too good not to start hitting. Yeah, we hope so anyway. Stranger things have happened in baseball, but just from, you know, scouting and knowing what he's done in the past, he he can't be that bad, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Speaking of Schwarber, his three-run home run a couple games ago, he set a new Cubs record, by the way. Did you know that? Yes, I saw that home run. It, it barely got out, but it, it sounded like a gunshot, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, Chris Bryant's was the one that was the loudest, but Javi's went the farthest. And I, I guess in terms of whose was the most impactful, that was Schwarber's. So what was the record again? He hit his 20th home run, the, and I think it was 96 games. 97. Yeah. In 97 games, which was the fastest any Cub has ever hit 20 home runs in their major league career. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. Like, that's even better than Ernie Banks. <laughs> better than Banks, better than Williams, yeah, Bryant, that, Rizzo. That's pretty impressive considering the long layoff. He didn't hit a home run in the World Series either. Nah, but World Series postseason home run stats, they don't really count for your career totals, oh, unfortunately. Not. Well, you know, not everybody gets to play in the World Series and like, you know, the Cubs. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that that's a pretty impressive feat from Kyle. Yeah. 
So even during a slump, you know that he's one mistake pitch away from getting out of it. And same mm-hmm. with the other guys. Like, you know, Javi Baez has been swinging at some junk lately, but when he has a good game, like the one I went to on Tuesday night, he's 4-4-4, four 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 and he almost hit for the cycle. He, he thought about it. it. It was really funny. He was like, or like, oh, it's going to drop, it's going to drop, is he going to make the turn? And he thought wiser of it. So Yeah, don't chew up the other team. <laughs> but, but yeah, We're he, doing fun. But. Uh, Addison Russell's hitting. Uh, Bryant and Rizzo are starting to hit again. So this, this team's finding its groove. So yeah, so we we were talking about how the Cubs have like 29 straight games without a day off. Yeah, they're gonna need a pitcher coming up soon. Yeah, I guess uh, either they have to option someone down and bring someone up. They have to make up some like weird phantom in- injury. Uh, hopefully nobody dies, so they don't have to use the bereavement list again. <laughs> yeah, but, I hope uh, not. But there, there are some interesting youngsters in the minors that they could probably trade for, you know, a package of a starter and a reliever if they really, really wanted to. I, I don't think they actually need to change up the uh, the starting pitching or the bullpen too much. What they need are, like you said, reinforcements. They need someone to spell the, the regulars because those arms are going to fall off if they have to keep using them like this. Yeah. One pitcher in the minors I want to see is Eddie Butler. He's looking like he's having a hell of a time down in Iowa. Yeah. I think I, he would have a good spot start up in the majors for one or two starts yeah, during they, this stretch. they got to get him right first, and I think he might possibly be on the seven-day DL down in Iowa for the time being. I'll have to look that up. But, uh, yeah, it, it's difficult to know who – would be willing to accept an option option assignment at this point. Mm-hmm. They they might just have to make up an injury or even uh, designate someone for assignment, i.e. Dunsing. But uh, yeah, I don't. Dunsing see... hasn't been hasn't been too bad. No, he hasn't, hasn't been great, been. but hasn't he, been... he's been effective. Let's just go with that. <laughs> and they still have Montgomery, who they could have a, as a spot starter here or there to help lighten the load. Yeah. But that way they don't have to get rid of anybody for a brief spell. I think this is the kind of team that doesn't need a traditional lefty guy, like a, a traditional loogie. They have a couple of guys who have decent reverse splits like Grimm and Uehara. So they don't need a specific lefty. It's nice to have that second lefty just to make the other manager think about it a little bit, but uh, mm-hmm. they, they don't necessarily need him, right? But, uh, it, yeah, I, I think the only issue is, like, how tired are these guys going to get and how how much is it going to affect their usage, especially after a game like Thursday's where they went 13 innings. Yeah, they need Hendricks to go deep in the game. Maybe he'll throw a complete game and make everybody happy. Yeah, lots of quick outs. So he can go deeper in games. Like, uh, I think Lester and Lackey only went five innings each. And that, that yeah, really stretches out the bullpen. <laughs> yeah, that's an issue. Especially when you play 13. Yeah. I, I feel like just about everybody in the bullpen was used today. 
So everybody is going to have to bite the bullet uh, on this weekend series unless they could figure out something magical to bring a guy up. Maybe I don't think there's anybody on the bench who could be optioned. Really, mm, I, I no. don't. I don't think they they'd want to risk optioning. Like some fans were suggesting, maybe Kyle Schwarber needs to go back to the minors to get his head on right. But then mm, so he some, can be optioned without going through waivers. Oh, oh yeah, of course. But same thing with Gancheras and Almora. But you don't. Russell technically could. I guess Brian technically could. Bias technically could, I think. But yeah. you don't want to send those guys down. No, and uh, the other issue is, like, they can't come back for 10 days if you do that. So that's that's the option rule. Unless somebody gets hurt, they can't come back for 10 days after, after being optioned. So you, you don't want to do something that drastic, like... You, you just want to have them play through it and figure out something else to do. Um, yeah, I, I just don't know how they're going to do that. The, it, it sounds like something where, yeah, if if Kyle Hendricks gives up five runs, he'll just have to wear it for about six or seven innings and try to save the bullpen for the other series because this is a marathon. And they're going to lose a few games here or there, like don't risk, you know, future losses because you want to win this one game so badly. Yeah, the end result is what counts. You can lose a game or two here or there. Don't risk the future of the season. Yeah. But uh, come June or July, I feel like they, they will actually entertain the idea of trading for something long-term or maybe even rental. Like, depending on how, say, the Rangers do, they might try to trade for you, Darvish, as a rental. Uh, that could be very interesting. Maybe they'll make a trade with Tampa Bay, get back a player they gave away. Maybe. <laughs> yeah, he's uh, he's super valuable. We're talking about Chris Archer, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know if, if they would ever let that that go he's so cheap uh, like on an inexpensive deal and he's so good that uh, it'll cost him like pretty much the entire farm hap maybe throw in a butler yeah i think if you're trying to do this you trade and you're trading like hap or jamer candelario you want to get a uh, uh a legitimate cost-controlled starter, and that's really hard to come by. It like I don't think any team wants to part with their starters right now, not this early in the season, and it's hard to know. Oh who... no, not right now. Yeah, it's only May. It's... Come mid to late June, that's another story. Yeah, we'll we'll have a better idea of who actually uh, is out of the playoffs or think they are, and who wants to go for it. I think with the second wild card, it like a lot more teams just want to go for it. So uh, trading might, like I'm not that good with trades. I I don't know how to properly value, evaluate a player's uh, value, I guess. Mm -hmm. But it it sounds like it's going to be expensive to trade for like an impact starter. Yeah, probably. I almost feel like the Cubs will just ride it out and uh, buy somebody at uh, this offseason. 
and that'll help next year when they're going to probably lose Ariad and Lackey. Right. But they might need somebody down the stretch. I'm not 100% sold on Hendricks this year. He's had some good starts but and some god-awful ones. Lackey's hasn't been that good, and Anderson won't even sniff the playoffs no matter what happens with him. I don't think so. I think so. they need another starter. Yeah. And, like, odds are somebody's going to get hurt. And we've been super lucky as Cubs fans, and the Cubs organization has been super lucky so far. Like, they have been super healthy. Like, nobody uh, really went on the DL for too long of a stretch so far this month. Uh, everybody's been okay, like no major injuries. Uh, it's mostly been ineffectiveness and not an injury that's uh, kept us down, right? But uh, at some point, somebody's going to tweak something. Maybe your shoulder is a little sore. Maybe you have a dead arm, and they'll, they'll need that guy. And been super lucky so far. Like, you know, we don't have a Syndergaard situation where he tore his lat and might be out for three months. We don't have a Shelby Miller situation mm-hmm. where he has to have t- Tommy John. Do the Mets have any pitchers left? Uh, I think the Aren't Grum... Aren't like all their starters, like, breaking? I think the Grum is still okay, and uh, Matt Harvey obviously just came back from Tommy John, and he's doing okay. But uh, other than that, I, I don't know. Like, they're, they're a mash unit right now. Yo, Cespedes is down. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah, uh, I I think I'm I'm happy with the fact that this team is young. They're trying hard to break out their slump. They're doing some youthful mistake type things, but they're gonna get through it. And as long as they don't get hurt, we'll be fine. Like the Cubs are gonna win their 90 plus games and make the playoffs. But they, they just got to stay healthy, and as long as nobody gets hurt. Like when Wilson Contreras did that crazy play to score score the the eventual winning run, uh, he kind of looked like he hurt his shoulder, but he was okay. And so we all breathed a sigh of relief, right? And yeah. Every time someone trips over a base, you're just like, oh. But, you know, so far so good, and just keep knocking on wood and hoping that uh, whatever the Cubs are doing, whatever magic elixir they're putting into their their colas or Gatorades, uh, which are not apparently against the PED guidelines, they, they just keep doing that. Let's see. I guess uh, we can talk about the Yankee series that's coming up. Guess mm-hmm. who's coming back to town? Three guys that were very good for this team. For or two guys that were very good, and one guy who is just here. <laughs> Tomorrow, pregame ceremony, Aroldis Chapman and Adam Warren will both be receiving the World Series rings. Yes, Adam Warren was on the Cubs this year, or last year, for a month or two. He qualifies for a Cubs championship ring. <laughs> How about that? He kind of sucked while he was here, but he's getting a ring. Mm-hmm. But there's also a fan favorite that's coming back. 
one Starlin Castro. That was Starlin Castro. He he's uh, gotten off to a very interesting start where he hasn't walked or anything, but he's gotten a lot of hits and they're all singles. So he's got a very strange batting line where all the numbers are the same. Yes. Yes, I saw that on Twitter and I wrote it down in my notes for this podcast because I thought it was hilarious. And so Castro. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he, he basically, like, for the four or five years he was a Cub while they really, really sucked, that was Castro. He would not take any pitches. He had good contact skills, and he basically lived and died by his Babbitt. Yeah, um, watching him this past season was... Uh, there were some moments where... He actually did pretty well in August. August was his strongest month, but there are some at bats where you just know he's going to swing into the opposing batter's box at pitches that are like three feet off the plate, and you could see it coming. And even when it does happen, you're just like, "Oh, how could you do that?" <laughs> I think he's uh, in line for an all-star appearance this year. He's betting so well. It's, it's really surprising, and actually not that surprising because he's always been such a streaky hitter. Yeah, I've always been a fan of Castro. Through his highs and his lows, he was always somebody that I've always pulled for. Well, hate rained on him. People booed him left and right. I was always pulling for Castro. I think we all still are. Like, uh, we were talking with Stacy uh, a few Dreamcasts ago about how he's been doing so well. Like, he has a. Like, uh, the Yankees are off the night before they come to Wrigley Field. But so far, Castro has five homers and 16 ribbies. He's batting 362. Uh, his OPS plus is 158, which is pretty good, especially for a second baseman. His OPS right now is like 945, which is, you know, pr- pretty much pretty what, good. what Bryce Harper did. Uh, not not quite so much, but you know, very, it's extremely good. And obviously, love? I think he's doing fine. He's doing fine at. at Second base, like he's no longer a shortstop, but he's still got the good arm, and a good arm at sh- second base definitely helps out. So glove wise, I feel like he's doing okay. Just from the few times, I yeah. That was one of his few fallbacks. Yeah. Like but he's. I'm, up, I'm happy for him. Yeah, he, he's been worth a win. I think the uh, Yankee fans really like him. Stacy obviously likes him. Uh, He's having a good time, and the other Cub that we talked about, ex-Cub anyway, is Ronald Torres. Uh, you see a lot of ex-Cubs uh, doing good things in other other venues, like uh, Marwin Gonzalez in Houston. He's uh, he's hit like home runs in his past five games, which is kind of ridiculous because you never thought of him as a power hitter. Um, I, I'm sure there's a lot of ex-Cubs that are forgetting. Like every now and then you see a name and you're like, oh, yeah, he used to play for the Cubs. How is he doing? Oh, there's another guy that the Cubs let get away. But then you look at the current Cubs and you're like, yeah, it's okay. It's all right. 
we're we're fine without you. <laughs> yeah, I think they're doing just fine. Okay. I'd love to have Chapman back, but damn, I love Wade Davis. Yeah, that was that turned out to be a good trade. Jorge Soler is still on rehab, and Davis has basically nailed down every save opportunity he's gotten. He still hasn't given up a run, has he? Yeah, he's given up some hard contact, but, you know, little help from his friends. Like Montgomery's given the hard contact. Blackie's, everybody's been hit getting a hard contact. But, you know, last year just spoiled us, right? Like, they were just so good in so many facets that it, it's just hard to repeat. Like, baseball is such a hard game to consistently be awesome at that I, I, I think the – Cubs fans are holding this year's Cubs to an unreasonable standard. Yeah, they expect them to be better than last year. Last year, mine been one of the greatest teams in baseball history. Mine have been one of. Yeah. Uh, in terms of post-integration, it was definitely the best Cubs team in modern oh, history. Oh, best Cubs team, yes. Yeah. But I'm talking about baseball history. One of. The most dominant teams. Yeah, historically speaking, uh, defensive, defense-wise, they were, I believe, like the best defensive team in baseball history. They just converted everything into outs, and that definitely helps your pitching staff. It uh, shortens games for the other team. It it makes things a lot easier for us as fans like this year like you know we're only human and we get pissed off when they they give up first inning runs and they uh keep the bases stranded because uh because they can't deliver the clutch hit but that's just noise you know that's just random noise so there's not much we could do about that. It all evens out in the end, and I'm pretty sure the Cubs will still win their 95 or whatever games. Oh, yeah. I'm not worried about that. They'll still win the division. And then the playoffs start. That's going to be the true test. Yeah, hopefully they get a good seed, but you know, all you have to do really is just make the playoffs, and everything turns out fine. I, I feel like... This team benefits from being able to score first anyway, take the pressure off their pitchers. So if they got to start the game, you know, to start the series on the road, so be it. Let them score first, bat around in the first inning. <laughs> take the pressure off uh, Ariad and Lester and everybody else. Mm-hmm. But they just need to cut down on giving up runs in the first inning. That's not going to do it. Yeah, it's going to like... They can't... Yeah. They can't keep having to fight to come back every game. I mean, so far they've been doing okay, but uh, obviously it'd be nice to have like a ten to nothing ball game every now and then, and be on the <laughs> on the good end of it, right? Yep. Uh, so you're going to Saturday's game. Indeed. And... And I will be at the next homestand. And I, I did see finally see the trophy, but uh, by the time I got there, it was almost time to get in the, the gates anyway, so I'll have to take my picture with the trophy next time. Um, yeah. I still can't believe that they broke the trophy. 
Uh, I heard it was crowd surfing. Yeah. The Cubs do all they can to protect the trophy from their fans. Keep it in glass. Don't even let you touch the damn glass. And they take it out of the case and let it go crowd surfing in Boston. And it falls. And it breaks. <laughs> they fixed it. Yeah, but it's still damaged. Well, you know, there's nothing a little super glue and spray paint can't, can't fix, right? And solder. Yeah. I wonder if they broke the Red Sox trophy, too. Because I, I heard that one crowd surfing as well. I think it was just the Cubs. That's the only one I heard of. <laughs> That's kind of sad. <laughs> it is. But we'll have a replacement soon. If not this year, next. I don't think they have to replace it. They just, like, found some glue and just fixed it. Like, oh, I, no, they have, have another one to replace the trophy next year. Oh, you're talking about... They have a oh, second one, uh, and a third one, fourth uh, one, fifth one. I see what you did there. Very nice, sir. <laughs> yeah. Nicely done. So I guess uh, we'll we'll see what happens. Like uh, the Cubs are at press time, I believe sixteen and twelve. They're four games over five hundred. They're they're getting ready to face the Yankees and yeah. then the Rockies before they get a day off. Yeah, they've won all but two of their series so far, and you know that's that's all you really want to do is just win the series and feel good about yourselves. So. If they get two out of three against the Yankees, that's great. I'll take it. Yeah, and I feel like they they could do pretty well. Like uh, the Yankees starting pitching, it's good, but I don't think it's as good as the Cubs can be. Yeah, once the Cubs work out through kinks, they'll be fine. Yeah, let's check the pitching matchup, shall we? Cubs probable pitchers. And I believe tomorrow, you're right, uh, Hendricks is starting. Um, Hendricks versus Pineda. Pineda. On Friday. I think Pineda is Anderson. A, yeah. And then Saturday, of Anderson versus Montgomery. The other Montgomery. Are they related? Is he yes. related to Mike? I don't and think. And I think... Jordan Montgomery isn't related to Mike, is he? I don't think so. No. Yeah. And then it's Severino it's against Lester. Just the other Montgomery. Yeah. Yeah, Severino is also a pretty good pitcher. He got shelled in Toronto or against Toronto in his last start, but the start before he had a pretty good start. Lester. Uh, I, I don't know. Like, I, I think the last time he actually faced the Yankees was as a Red Sox, so it, it's been a while for him. Yeah, about three years, I think. Yeah. So that, that should be interesting. I I think the two weekend games, like you'll, you'll have a Saturday night game, that's going to be on Fox, and then the one on Sunday is on ESPN. So this is like national big news type matchups. Oh, yeah. They're facing two teams, which 
could legitimately be a World Series matchup. Yeah. And, you know, like Castro's obviously not eligible for a ring, but uh, everybody's been saying, well, maybe he deserves one anyway because, you know, Ryan Dempster got one. Dempster so, also works for the Cubs. Right, and some other random former Cubs got one. Not not talking about the Hall of Famers, but, you know, like... If there's one random former Cub that deserves a ring, it's Scott Feldman. <laughs> oh, man. That, that'd be like a, a really expensive troll job by uh, Theo Epstein and friends. Hey, if it wasn't for Feldman, we wouldn't have gotten Arietta. Very true. That I, I, I don't know. That that seems like a dick move if they did that, even though it's a pr- really pretty ring. I, I'd be kind of pissed off. In all fairness, Feldman is the one that said he should he should he deserves a ring. So. Oh yeah, right. <laughs> he probably he, said it in jest, but. Did he did he actually say that this year? I believe he I believe he did say that like a couple of weeks ago. That's hilarious. <laughs> well. Well, we'll see what happens this weekend, and after the Rocky series, we have an off day, so expect another Dreamcast to drop then, and until then, uh, we have our website at worldseriesdreaming.com, that's where you'll find our blogs, hopefully, like, once summer hits, we'll have more time to blog, and, uh, you know, that's usually when the draft and trades and other things happen, and, uh, there's a lot more stuff to talk about after school lets out. Mm-hmm. Um, you can contact us at worldseriesdreaming at gmail.com. Send us questions. If you want to be a guest on the show, send us an email. We'd love to talk baseball with you. So please, send us an email. Say something. Say hi. Yeah, maybe uh... – We'll eat Rizzo's together. I, I got a bunch of Rizzo's. Uh, the wife went to Joel Osco the other day and just bought four boxes just because. It's a really nice box. You should get some. Absolutely. It also supports a great cause. Yep. Have you seen Rizzo wrap yet? I have not. Yeah. We, we should find that out. Anyway, like, uh, you can find us on Twitter. Um, Rice at Cubic Snarconia. I am at WSDreaming underscore Cubs. And so you could chat us there. Uh, we'd love it if you you've rated us on iTunes and try to expose more people to this awesome little Dreamcast. We think it's awesome. Like, we could obviously do better. I'm, I'm trying to fuss with the sound right now. If anybody knows how to, how to set... My my microphone so this doesn't stop dropping levels every time. That'd be great. Like we we need a tech guru because we're like both technologically challenged. Uh, we're basically doing this by the skin of our teeth. <laughs> but, but it's been fine so far. The sounds been so so I feel pretty good about it. Yeah, and obviously people listen. We really appreciate you. We also appreciate Rich Deanna for helping us with the interstitial music. It's It's marvelous. Yeah, great little song. You should support that on iTunes as well. And uh, we'll see you next time. See you guys. In our hearts we'll burn the fire you flame It was more than just a game